So in the Bible, the word giant is shown many, many times, and it often describes someone that's coming against someone else. But biblically, the word means violent tyrant who fell on others. But these giants would be seen attacking God's kids. If I were to be honest, I have faced some giants in my life. I started young, many of you know this story, but I faced a giant of losing my brother. I then went on, and there's so many to count, but I faced the giant of addiction. I faced the giant of rejection. I faced the giant of fear, doubt, worry. I faced a giant who came against my family. That one was rough. Then it came back and brought some friends. We may be still fighting that giant. But just this year, I fought a giant that was hard. It was probably one of the biggest giants I've ever faced in my entire life. It started in May of 2016. My husband, his name is Aaron, he had this knot in his leg. And so he went to the doctor and he showed the doctor and the doctor said, you know what, let's just take it out, let's be safe. So he took it out that day and he gave Aaron some reassuring words. He told him, I'm sure it's fine. You shouldn't be concerned. I'm gonna send it in, we'll see what happens. So a few weeks went by and Aaron gets a call. He's home and I'm here at the church and he gets a phone call and the doctor says, I have some bad news. The lump that we took out, the knot, is cancerous. And it's not just cancerous, it has three different types of cells. And these cells are incredibly rare and they are incredibly aggressive. So Aaron hung up the phone, he called me while I was here at the church, and I could hear the trembling in his voice as he tried to tell me what the doctor had said. He was still trying to be that strong tower that he was and not let me hear the fear in his voice, but I heard it. And I hung up, I, I grabbed JL and I said, JL, I gotta go. I told her what was going on, we prayed and I left. And as I got in the car, my immediate thought was, I'm gonna call the doctor, I wanna know exactly his version of what's going on. So I called him just hoping maybe Aaron had gotten it wrong and there he was on the other side of the phone and he told me, Kim, it's bad, it's aggressive, it's still there and he needs surgery and he needs it quick. So the, last, the next few days were a blur but I saw this giant begin to form and it was full of fear and I was worried and it tormented over me and in our house and I began to hear these lies and I would hear, he's gonna die. This man, this, this best friend, the one that you love is gonna die. And not only is he gonna die, but he's gonna leave you to raise four kids. And if you know the home kids, you know that's a big job, Lord Jesus. But I immediately was hearing these and, and this giant began saying, you're gonna have to give up ministry. You can't even work in ministry. You're gonna have to go back to nursing so you could possibly support your children. 
Every life, everything that you have, you're gonna lose. He's not gonna be able to work. And everything from here on out is not gonna be okay. And I immediately thought, okay, you go to hospitals all the time. You sit with the sick and the families. What do you say to them? And these words that I've said to so many people being a pastor, you know what? God is your healer. God is your great physician. He has good plans for you. So that's what I started to tell myself. But if I had to be honest with you tonight, I wasn't hearing him. I was scared. I was worried. I saw a giant before me, and I was scared. So the next few weeks were, were crazy and wild, and it was one thing after another. He had surgery just a couple days later. They took a chunk of his leg out like this. That wasn't enough, so they had to go in. They had to get lymph nodes, so they did that. And I remember sitting in the waiting room at the Cancer Institute, and I thought, why? Why? At 39 years old, why is this happening to this man? I looked around the room and I saw other couples facing the same thing, most of them in their 60s. We were the only young kids there. And I saw that giant we were face to face, one of the biggest giants I've ever seen. If you've been in church for any time in your life, you've heard the story of David and the victory he had one day when he took one small round stone and shot it at Goliath and took him down. That huge giant. This story alone set the stage for so many more incredible victories that David would have. And I began to think, why David? Why was he a chosen giant slayer? Because here's the truth about David. He was not the favored child. He wasn't the golden child. He was the runt of the family. In fact, he was barely even counted as one of the brothers. His brothers were war hero heroes. They were out fighting battles that mattered. And we look at David, and here he is. He's a shepherd watching sheep in his father's field. A shepherd. And I began to think, this is really where this story caught my eye. What prepared him in that field to be able to think he could ever stand against a giant Philistine named Goliath? And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I realized that wasn't the first giant he ever faced. The first giant David ever faced, he faced in that field. He faced when, when lions and bears attempted to come and eat those sheep that he was put over to protect. That was important. They made their money that way. They ate their food. They made sacrifices to the Lord. It was so incredibly important. And I can only imagine at night as he heard the snarls and the growls, the prayers that he sent up to God. God, protect me. God, give me strength. God, this lion's gonna eat me. I need you, help me. And that's when I realized 
That's where he faced his first giant. He describes this time in 1 Samuel 17. It says, but David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion and bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Barbaric? I'm sure PETA would say so. However, I look at this, I read this, and I immediately think, this is a warrior of God, a fearless, confident, courageous warrior of God. So sometime in the darkness of that night, his first giant would be defeated, a bear, a lion, dead. Now this set him up for his next giant. You see, this behavior, this attitude, this I can do this, I have the God of the universe behind me, that's what set him up to be a giant slayer. You see, he had this pick me, choose me, send me attitude. In 1 Samuel it says, don't worry about the Philistine, David told Saul, I'll go fight him. Fearless teenager. Let me say that again. Not 20-year-old man, teenager. He says, pick me, choose me, send me, I'll fight the big nine-foot bully. Now, I can only imagine what they said. We send our warriors, the big, tough, strong, muscly, guarded men, and they're crying and weeping before this giant. But it didn't scare him. And so giant number two slayed with a stone. Down he went. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. This set David up to lead and fight in armies. And he went out and he saw victory after victory. He fought in armies. He killed tens of thousands of people. And it only prepared him for another giant. You see, they kept coming and they kept coming, but they were coming stronger and stronger and bigger and scarier. The third giant I wanna tell you about tonight doesn't stand nine feet tall. He didn't tower over, but his actions and his attitude did. You see, this giant was bigger. He was more challenging. He was jealous. He was cruel. He wanted David dead. Let's call this giant Saul. Many of you know this story. But this prepared him. He was ready. With this giant came betrayal. You see, this was the man that David had killed Goliath for. He had served him faithfully. He had prayed for him. He had been there, and yet this man wanted him dead. The slaying of this giant was a little more difficult, though. You see, he couldn't go out with a stone like he had prepared so many times before. He couldn't go out and fight and just with swords and everything else. He had to fight this battle by being the bigger person. Let me say that again. The bigger person. He actually let Saul go. He had an opportunity to kill him. He was chasing him down, but he actually let Saul go. He didn't take the chance to kill him. And because he did that, 
God dealt with Saul. In fact, he placed David in a position of honor because he chose to take the higher ground and be the bigger person. So giant number three, slayed. Now, most of you know the story of David. He was a bad butt, if I can say that. But he was a bad butt. He stood way in front of everything, every challenge that came his way. He defeated armies that came against God's kids, and he even defeated giants that stood in the way of his personal life. He had a wife that mocked him. He lost a child. He fought the, the murder. He murdered someone, and he fought that giant. He fought lust. He fought the death of a child. But every single time we find David victorious, standing that much firmer in faith. And I could go on and on about the stories of David, but you get the idea. So what does it take to become a mighty giant slayer? Well, first, David was obedient. I mean, we could take a look back, like Kim even talked about, he was just a shepherd, right? He had these mighty brothers that fought in armies and won battles. And David just took care of sheep. That's it, just a shepherd boy. But then I really start to think, David was more than just a shepherd. He had a personal relationship with God. He spoke to God constantly, day and night. He was praying with God. You see, David believed the things that God had told him would come to pass, right? He believed in the promises that God had spoke over him. He believed that just watching sheep, God would protect him. And to be honest, sometimes it's hard as heck for me to walk out in obedience. And like right now in my life, a lot of my friends are graduated from college and have moved on with their degrees into their careers. And I'm still working at Chick-fil-A while I get to intern here. And don't get me wrong, guys, I love interning here. But a lot of times, it gets confusing on what God is calling me to do. But you see, it's not about where I am compared to where my friends are, right? It's about where God has called me to do and listening to that and walking out in that. And that's obedience daily. And see, I tear down nursery and I put together nursery and we set up lawn party and we tear down lawn party and we pick kids up and we drop them off. And maybe it doesn't seem that great, but it's obedience. And it's little things like that, that God's gonna bless me with. You see, in the Bible, in Isaiah 119, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of, a, a good of the land. And that's a promise. I will be blessed because I'm obedient. I will be blessed because I'm walking out in what God has called me to do. And now, this season of my life right now, y'all, is one of the hardest and the most challenging that I've ever walked into. And yes, with new seasons comes new giants and new fears. But Luke eleven twenty eight says, he replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. It says right here in scripture that I'm gonna be blessed just because I'm walking out in what God has called me to do, no matter how big or how small it is. And now, the giant that I need to be slayed is big. And let me tell you, I've honestly, I've never come across anything like this before in my life, but I'm choosing to obey God. I'm choosing to do what he has told me to do. 
And I know just because of that, he's gonna bless me through this giant. He's gonna bless me with anything that comes my way. But David, he was not only obedient, he had faith. And with giants, there comes pain, and there comes heartbreak, and there comes suffering. And it's up to you on who you're gonna choose to put your trust and your faith into, right? And you know, I don't see a way around the giant that I'm facing. I don't understand, and I can't comprehend of how my parents of 29 years are getting a divorce. And I can't understand how growing up in a strong, Christian home where we read scriptures before we went to bed and we prayed would be ripped out from underneath me. I don't understand it. But you know what? I don't have to. And you know what? I'm gonna choose to place my trust in God and I'm gonna choose to believe that something beautiful is gonna come from it. And you know, I'm gonna choose to put my faith in the words that God has spoken over me. And he said, you know, Brittany, you're not gonna go through pain without a purpose in this. And you're gonna see my goodness through this. And you're gonna grow so close to me that you never thought it was even possible. You see, it's not yours in my place to stand here and figure out why these giants come against us, why we have to face trial. But it is in our complete control to give it to God. It is in our complete control to surrender whatever giant you are facing, right? And it's in our complete faith that we can trust that God is good, no matter how bad our situation is. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. When I don't understand what's coming at me, that's what I'm gonna believe. I'm gonna believe that the God of the universe is gonna be with me every single step of the day. I'm gonna believe that he's with me in pain. I'm gonna believe that he's with me in happiness, in suffering, in joy, in pain. I'm gonna believe and I'm never alone. And with any giant that you're facing or any pain or frustration that you hold on to, hold on to this, that he's never gonna leave us. See, I'll admit I'm scared and I have doubts and there's a lot of pain, but I'm gonna choose to put my faith and my trust in my hope in God. I'm gonna choose to put my doubts in God. I'm gonna choose to put my worries in God. And I'm gonna believe that he's working on my behalf. One of the verses that God has given me for this season is Exodus 14, 14. And it says, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. I don't know if y'all caught that, but like this verse doesn't say the Lord will fight for you. You only need to worry. Okay, this verse doesn't say the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be fearful. No, it says all I have to do is stand back and let my God do his thing, right? And for me, that's every morning I wake up and I have to say, God, I'm gonna choose to surrender this to you. I'm gonna choose to surrender because it's out of my complete control, right? And I'm just gonna sit back and I'm gonna let him fight on my behalf. All I have to do is trust that. I have Bible verses written on my mirror that I see every morning I wake up and every night I go to bed. And one of those is 1 Peter 5.10. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, 
will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Now this verse wrecks me to my core. It says, after I have suffered a little while, God himself is gonna make me strong. He's gonna make me firm. He's gonna make me steadfast, right? That verse is saying right there, our sufferings are not gonna last forever. And that's a promise. So after several weeks of fighting the giant cancer, we were still weeping, we were still crying, we were still worried, we were still listening to the threats. And finally, we chose to stand up. We decided to not allow that giant to tell us how big he was, but to start listening to God and telling the giant how big our God is. And so we stood back up and we began to fight the way that God has taught us. We prayed, we had obedience, we had faith, we trusted. Our pastors joined us, we prayed, we, we begged that, that God would heal Aaron, we begged that he would take this away and he did. He did. He healed him. We got a call one day from the cancer specialist, and he said, it's gone. The cancer is gone. You see, God healed my husband. God took that giant out. Not by Aaron's strength, not by the doctor's strength, but by God's strength. His power stood true. You see, I believe that David's response to winning victories is what set him up to be a giant slayer. He knew how to win. He didn't cruise into town saying, ooh, me, I did it, the big guy, I won another battle. He instantly came in and said, my God won. My God gets this victory. My God is the hero in this story. He always, always gave the glory to God, no matter what the battle was. In Psalm 86, 12, it says, with all my heart, I will praise you. O Lord, my God, I will give you glory to your name forever. You see, David knew that those giants before him didn't fall by his own strength. They fell because the God of the universe stood behind him, next to him, and went before him. He knew how to slay giants. He had faith. He had obedience. And when he saw victory, he gave the credit to God. In my life, I have faced so many giants. In the last three years, I have faced giants that if I told you, you probably couldn't even believe. But I know that God's got me. I know that he is still in the business of taking out big bullies who stand in the way of his kids. I've tasted, I've seen his promises. I've seen them. I've seen them fall before me. And I know it was by his power. 
And I look into this crowd and I see giant slayers. I see them. I know that this is a group of teenagers just like David that can slay giants. But you have to invite the God of the universe to partner with you. There's so many giants that you all face. There's so many giants that stand before you, especially in this day and age. So many that you've told us about, so many that we don't even know. But what if that giant is standing before you only to reveal the glory of God to you? Is the giant you're facing depression? Is it a family issue? Is it sexual temptation? I don't know what it is, but I know it exists. And I know they're threats. And I know they're cowards that bully you into thinking something can't get better. And so I invite you guys tonight I invite you to identify the bully that you're facing. I invite you to call him out and say, that Goliath, pick me, choose me, send me, because God is going with me to take him out. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.